How to get offers accepted 2022. Hey, this is Blake Sloan. I've been selling real estate over 14 years. Our team of highly trained professionals along with our unmatched marketing has sold thousands of homes here in the Myrtle Beach area. And this is how we do it. I'm gonna cover really quick, which is not gonna take long. But it's important right now, it has to do with what the challenges are, which is what we were just talking about. What was it? Yes, I'm talking about it right now. I talked this last year. This is a different version. I came up, just updated this based on what I'm seeing right now in the market. The other things still are very important, probably number one most important. That's level 101, it's 202. Right? But I think it's important because why is that, here? We're struggling right now, right? Everyone's struggling right now to get offers accepted because it's super competitive. I have friends across the country seeing the same thing, 30, 40, 50 offers. I saw one in Florida, a lady had her market, her home built in the market for five hours at 113 showing schedule. 113 schedules, five hours. So we think we have it bad here. It's not as bad as it is in other areas. We just have to make sure that we can adapt. Right. And she showed the screenshot of her. It wasn't showing time, but it was their version of showing time. So for me, to make sure I can dominate this year, right? The most important piece I have to work on is number one, I mentioned this yesterday, is I have to work on killing and understanding my limiting beliefs. What do you think that means? I have to understand and work on killing my limiting beliefs. Like you might not believe it's worth that much. It's not worth that much. Three reasons why. Oh, it wasn't worth it. It's been on the market 243 days. It's got mold in there. It's got all these problems. It's definitely not worth that. Meanwhile, there's five offers and somebody else got an offer accepted. Right? So I got to make sure that I understand that the overall piece here, number one of this, the past, doesn't matter. Why? So if chickens up double, houses are okay to be up more than they were before. So here's the thing. The past does not matter. The price... The days on market, whatever it is, why? Because the intensity is raising so fast that people can't even keep up with it. I need to have this conversation with me, myself first, but also with my clients. Yeah, I mean, our some markets want a million dollars of asking price, right? Million dollars of asking price, and so we got to be aware of that and have that. Second piece, I got to head myself. Number two, the comps don't matter. Here's all the time. All y'all tell me, what happened to the offer? Well, it wasn't worth it. Multiple offers, but you know, it's not worth it, it's overpriced. Why is that? Because the market's moving fast so that I can understand it. And so I have to have this conversation myself. The clients are the problem as big as we are the problem. Because we're the one articulate. Right? Over and over, most of the deals get blown up because you're trying to be a world saver. All of us in that scenario. Third piece here, super important. But you gotta be willing to check your own stories. Support it. Check your own stories. What do you think that, that means? You ask yourself if that's really true or not. I've gotta be willing to look at why I'm giving these reasons for it. Oh, it's stinky, it was dirty, it's bad. Don't sell out of your own pocket. Mm -hmm. That's a Joe Perry special right there, right? Don't sell out your own pocket. If it's a lot of money to you, it doesn't mean it's a lot of money to them. Right? Especially when they're coming from other areas. Uh, we tend to do that just because you don't have a lot of money. I see this all the time. Right? People say, well, they shouldn't buy that. Meanwhile, the realtor doesn't own, even own a house. 
You know what I'm saying? It happens over and over and over and over again. So you gotta be willing to do what? Understand and check my stories and look at the scenario of the people right here in this, in this current situation. And I'm gonna do that by the last part here, which is listen to my language. Listen to my language. What do you think that means? We have to reprogram our brains, but every time somebody tells me why they offered it to get accepted, there's always a story and words that really justify why the property didn't get accepted. That they didn't get the offer. And in some cases, we'll talk about those separately. It could be lender uh, or, or buyer qualified issues. And that's different. We have to get strategic about that. If I got a buyer who had FHA or VA buyer or whatever it is, you don't have the money to buy right now, guess what? That's a fact of life. What do you do? Spend my time hunting down buyers who can't buy right now. Doesn't mean I'm not going to help them, but I'm going to prioritize my time to the ones that can buy right now. Why is that? That's just life. Surely I'm going to help everyone I can, but unfortunately, if I've written seven offers and they can't get any of them, guess what the common denominator is? Right? Their ability to buy as long as I'm doing my job. Very important piece here. Second piece here, which is kind of in the first version, but this is a different one. Number two, got to set hard frames. What do you think that means? Your first conversation with them needs to be about the reality of the market and showing the data, not just the saying, you know. Because that's the thing. It's, I'll hear it a lot where it's, well, I have that reality of the marketplace conversation. I told them this, told them this, told them this, but I never hear a lot of, I showed them. So if you're not showing the data early on and continuously through the showing process, you're, you're going to lose their uh, sense of reality. Yep. So the number one thing I put, which is just part of that, I must be willing to collide. Every one of them. Why is that? They told him it's worth X, Y, Z. He did have a way to articulate and fight back on that. He got steamrolled. Guess what happened? He didn't get the offer. Now, from the outside in, that's not the best value I can provide to my client. You want some. That's the value you provide as, as, a, as a true expert to somebody. So, I have to be willing to collide. What does that mean? Is that uncomfortable? Yes. But it's my duty to collide with my clients right now to make sure they understand what's going on. Collide with agents, dude. 100%? No. Right? You're asking for this, or let's say go out there, hey, look, why is it. As is right now, it's been the market. You know, go at them a little bit too. But the hardest part is with my clients. Second piece: story sell. Story sell. What do that means? Offer third party stories. Yes, I have to get very, very, very good at very specific stories that I'm telling my clients about other examples. Like people closing. If they're worried about overpaying people that are already closed and are when they come to the closing table to have equity in their pocket. Yeah, we'll start with what first? Pain. Mm -hmm. Start with pain first. Why is that? Because pain moves. Then I'm going to talk about people who are coming to close with equity in their pocket. And people who wanted to believe their own stories but they missed out and they, now that's the one that got away from them and they can't find anything they like. If you don't have one, on Thursday, talk with somebody in this, this office and they'll tell you something. Right? Share those stories. They're very important. Why? Because stories sell. People can visualize themselves in that predicament, in that scenario. And my job is to pre-frame them with the story so that we don't have to have it happen in real life. 
Does that make sense, you guys? Super important that. Third piece, which is all kind of similar, I must have specific examples. Almost like a case study. See this house right here? This is what so-and-so said it was worth 200000 but it sold for two thirty. They missed out on this house, now they want to go back to it, and they wish like anything they could have paid for that. I need to have specific examples. These are vague stories, third-party stories, and you have examples. Of what? Yep, many pain stories I can get. But I have other clients who would not listen to me or somebody on our team, so allow them to say, look, this is what happened before. We'll talk about that in a second more. The fourth piece, which I see happen a lot, is I have to be very, very, very good at cross-checking their beliefs. Like the, the, uh, the guy in the open house said he was like 100000 lower, but I was sitting there talking, I was like, bro, we already got an offer on this, man. Yep. That's the reality of it. Then his whole world changed after that. Mm -hmm. Just the guy with the ping pong ball? Yeah. Now they're like, look, bro, I'll go ahead and tell you right now, you can get this house. That's exactly what I yeah, said. I got $100,000, man. You might go right down on toilet paper. Yeah. And turn it into it. Yeah, I mean, that, you got to be willing. If you guys have all had it, right? Here's the thing. I've done it. You've done it. You've been driving. Or we're in the house. So I want you guys to be hyper aware of what their words are coming out, their, their beliefs, and i got to be willing to hunt that down and kill it. Ryan's example is really easy because there's offer $100,000, you know, whatever. There's already off on the table. But... That's not always going to be the case. Or the, uh, the other one, a couple thought the house was too much, saying they love it. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> you know why, why do you think the house is too much when i got 20 other people that don't think that? Yeah. So what do you say? Hey, let me ask you this. What day did you use to make that decision? Uh, and the sad part about it is they're coming to that decision themselves, and the realtor's not there to help them. Why, they, why, why though? Uh, I, I guess they don't have somebody yet. No. Nope. Humans always do this. Why do they come to that conclusion? They want to believe their story. It's what they want to believe. Just know your clients always going to come to the natural conclusion of what they want to believe. Always. And so if I know that, I can fight that. And so I've got to be one to cross check their beliefs. And so what am I doing? I'm listening intently, right? Whatever it is. Because once it starts growing legs, it's going to run all around the room and just kill you over, over and over. Right? It's very important. Third piece here. And we didn't talk about this before, but I want you guys to get really big on this going forward. is opportunity cost. We don't look at this enough. Opportunity cost. What do you mean? I got one. What's that? The guy waited to buy and then buy and in the same neighborhood, it cost them to buy right now eighty thousand dollars. It cost them eighty thousand dollars more. Eighty thousand more. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a perfect example of that, and I want you guys to have that risk versus reward. I see this all the time, right? I heard this yesterday. Even. So risk versus reward. Now this won't be the truth all the time, forever, but for now it's the truth in terms of the value market. And you see the neighborhoods with one or two houses available. One sells, what happens to the next house? Dominoes, they all start selling. But then they're all gone, right? Mm -hmm. Let's see a silver 250. Mm -hmm. Then somebody down the street lists one, what do they do? Over and over, and everyone sells more for about 30, 40, 50,000 more dollars. Right? And so I need to understand that with my clients. So if it's got 
some damages and some issues and whatever it is, and I don't feel that I can handle that work on there, what do I do? Baron? Well, if it needs too much work and it needs a lot of work, and I feel like this property needs a lot of work and you know, I'm not really sure here. They want to sell it as is and no appraisal, but it needs some work. What do I do? It's just still buying anyways. Just suck it up. I got to explain my, to my clients the opportunity cost. What happens when you do wait for the next one? No, it's no problem. But the reality is we cannot cover the difference in the appraisal. And we can just buy the next one. By the time it does appraise, now you can pay $40,000 more. Yeah. So it's you. You pay $6,000 now out of pocket or $40,000 in the next house. That's what I told my clients yesterday on that, that Grand Dunes condo. Yeah, I mean, if they're buying a Grand Dunes condo, they, they can make up the difference. Yeah. Right? Also, you know, it's, it's a $3,000 earnest, which is like, you know, nothing compared to, you know, the price they're paying for it. And my guys, it's a gamble yet that, you know, appraises you guys are hitting a home run, obviously, but if not, it's, you know, $3,000, you're not, you know, losing 50, whatever, something thousand cash out of pocket, you know, I'm trying to explain that to them, but I... I didn't frame it up the right way to begin with, so they were, they already had those limits and beliefs. Like it, they were too down the rabbit hole already to really understand that. Why is that? Because you're believing it too in the front end, right? Yeah, I was frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, you were perplexed, and they were asking these things. Yeah. Why do you think these agents are asking for these crazy things right now? Because they're getting it. Well, and they're just their sellers are just walking all over them and like you know being order takers, whatever. And they still they, sell. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. They can't, right? The reality is that they can do it. Right, Jeremy, you're talking about buying that the the, the um, condo you made an offer on. Right, what were you talking about? Uh, well, for example, uh, man and I we both made offers. Uh, I I started a search for that development exactly one year ago yesterday. At that point, they were selling for sixty. Now the guy's asking eighty. It's a forty, uh, basically thirty-five percent increase in one year. And it's going to sell for more than that when they have 20, 30 offers on Yeah, they probably already have 15, 20, 30 offers on it within two days. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll probably go five or 10 grand above asking, which is 15 to 20,000 more than any cop is going for. And they're not going to even look at offers until when? Uh, I think today. Yeah, three days later, two days later, yeah. right? So, yeah, so I mean, why do they do that? I told Jeremy this. Because they, they have, it doesn't. They can't. Uh, yeah, I think Baron and I were talking earlier. He's like, why don't you just uh, pull the offer? I said, it doesn't matter. Baron, the pull the offer doesn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. Right? You got to play the game to win based on what it is right now. Yeah. And so, last thing, what won't you get? No, Baron, you go. Ryan, what neighborhood is that that you're calling $80,000? I use a lot of third party stories because I've, I've had some good experience with some. But, like, I use a lot of the, like, if we go to a multiple offer situation and somebody doesn't want to, you know, pay over asking, I give them the Land Bar story. Land Bar paid over asking. And their neighbor decided to put their house up for sale. And next thing you know, they had $30,000 in equity when they came to the closing table. Yep. That's exactly what I just got. The girl do $10,000 over appraisal. I said, good, you're going to get the high end. There's only seven homes that have sold in the past three years. Brand new development. And so what's going to happen next is the neighbor's going to see what you bought it for. And it's going to be a domino effect until mm -hmm. the market stops and she was like, done. So yep. I, write two, I worked with her for two days. First offer. And she was going to wait about six months, right? Yeah, she was going to wait until August. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what you guys do. And so that's what the second piece of this is, is fear, pain, loss. Fear, pain, loss. Fear, pain, loss. You've got to look at opportunity costs on this. And we'll combine these two. Rising costs. Do you know what the average homeowner in the Oregon County Grand Strand or MLS made last year? Over $60,000 in many cases. Mm -hmm. Look at the average price. 
over 60 grand. So that's about 6,000 a month that the average homeowner made by buying last year. In some cases, if you look at like normal beach and other areas, it's way, way bigger. That's including like rural areas and Georgetown and those numbers there, but over 60,000. We got, I sold a house to bought it last year for 260. He sold it for, he had it listed for 425 and appraised for 430. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In North Beach. Yep. Uh, the house that, I did an open house, basically for Jeremy, that he had listed at 474 that it got all from. Mm-hmm. That house is worth 100 grand more now than it was a year ago. Yep. So I'm saying. Yeah, I had a lady, when past, past client, uh, or referral, but, um, two and a half years ago, house in Conway, she paid 240 for it. Um, just put it. Sold it last month for 380 for price. Yep. So what do you guys need to do? Believe these stories and have these stories and tell them to your clients. And this goes back. I had to reuse this one because it's probably the most powerful thing I had in this last one. I must have the stop conversation about the reality of the market. When I say, John and Mary, we have a conversation right now about the reality of the market. The current reality is blank. <clears throat> right? You need to make a big deal and make some theater about this. Why? Because it's emotional by, we're emotional human beings, we have to understand the importance of things sometimes. Especially I'm numb and fearful and scared and don't know what's going on. I have to have a true expert who can stop, who can control the energy and the frame of the situation and say, look, John Mary, it's a really important conversation with you guys right now. We need to have a conversation about the reality of the market. Totally just for what? The frame of opportunity costs, and I'm setting a hard frame, these two together. Every single time this must happen, I'm gonna be really shit I love. If they live here, great, when I do it. Face to face. Face to face sitting down. Where I can look them in the eye, where I can pause and show them that, that aspect. Super important. Very, very important that piece. Right? And people don't do this, and we'll talk about this and combine this with why, which is a big, big opportunity call. Last one, they must show proof. I must show proof. What do you think that means? I can't just tell. Why? Like, the people that say they can't buy virtually, I can't buy virtually, I can't buy virtually. Those are the people that buy virtually. Mm hmm. So I show Deeper them, though. I, so I'm doing my virtuals, I show them the virtual review that they put on Google where they bought virtually and where it says they bought virtually. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Here's the thing. Everyone makes this mistake and they think that, this is the number one thing, and I wrote this down, is that people right here at this point, they always cut corners. The reason that salespeople, realtors stay broke is not corners. You have to show proof. This happens on the listing side. A lot of times listing agents, you do a listing presentation, you go through it, you show them two or three comps of what the house is worth, and you expect the clients to believe you. They don't why? Because they don't trust you. I hear it all the time. You guys think your client loves you, they call me, tell me how terrible they think you are. Right? Why is that? Because it's just the reality of how people operate. They're scared, right? It's an adversarial relationship sometimes. And so in this piece, you have to show proof. Meaning they have to see with their own eyes along with what they're hearing from you. But if I cut this corner, which most agents do, I'd say 90% of agents cut this piece out by cutting corners. And it hurts them. It wasn't until I learned this in, in uh, the listing side. You have to show them 
overwhelming proof will they ever believe you? Not just enough, not just a little bit, not three MLS printouts, the whole data set. So it's overwhelming to them. And they say, okay, why? Because they need the trust inside of them. Right? So the first part, I must show them the data. What is the data? Market stats, KCM. Does everyone have access to this data? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's right in your MLS. It's the first piece. Here's the data. I'm going to show the 12-month history on sales. I'm going to show the 12-month history on prices. And I can even show last month if I want to as well. The last three or four months have been plateaued a little bit on pricing. But if you watch that list and sale price ratio, it's 100 plus, 100% almost every single one you pick for it, residential. I have to show them the graph. Why? They have to see the visual to believe you. They don't believe you. Should they believe you? Maybe, but they don't. They're never going. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So many in this room right now because they're cutting corners getting lazy. It's the same thing with reality market conversation. You want the dominoes to fall easier? You have to have this conversation with them. With data. Now, if they live here, great. They don't live here, what do I do? Let me go ahead and show you what's happening here in our market so we can make the best, most educated offer. And then what do I do? I'm presenting to them the reality of the market through data, but I'm just telling you, they're never going to believe you until you show them.